uh, we, we want to welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church uh, today in Lyons, Georgia. And um, so I do want to have a prayer, and I want to ask uh, Brother Sam, would you lead us in prayer at this time? Uh, I want to uh, apologize to those who, who tuned in Wednesday night. We had some audio problems and uh, Wednesday night, so hoping we've got it all straightened out today. And so uh, do um, keep tuning in because we're not stopping it. Uh, we're going to go as long as the Lord will have us. Um, I want to say this before I give you our text for today. Uh, you know, it uh, it amazes me, and, and I don't want to uh, sound like that I'm boasting because I'm not. Um, but um, it amazes me how much the Lord has used me. I... I didn't realize this, and actually I didn't realize this really deep down until this week. And um, I pray the Lord will continue to do that. I don't know how much longer I have or how much longer it will be. Or we, or we don't have a problem again. Okay. We've got to fix it in just a minute. Hold on, we got the fixture right here. Don't let don't don't look at his face. 
Oh, okay. This way, this side. Uh uh, wrong way. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've had three technicians to look at it, and I don't know if any of them know what they're doing, but uh, but they did, and they they say it's it's working now. Everything's working fine. Um, as I was saying, uh. I just realized this week uh, how much the Lord has has used me over the years, and and I come I come a little humbler today than I ever have because of that, and I I don't know uh, you know the Lord shows me more things than sometimes I want to see. He leads me to more things than I want to hear about, and uh, because. All it does is I'm still human, and things that happen, you know, that the Lord leads me to to know and see, uh, uh, it, it really it takes me down a notch or two as far as as being a pastor is concerned. Because you know, a pastor has to be concerned about all of his members, not just not just the ones that come regularly, but all of his members. Those that uh, come regularly and and those that uh, don't come as regular as they should, but I'm still responsible for every one of them, and uh, that is something that uh, that the Lord has brought me down a little lower this week because of. And you know, I've talked the truths all, all I've ever done for the last. 53 years going on 54 years now all I've ever done is study the Word of God and uh, I've had the Word of God before me those going into 54 years plus other things too that I've studied from and watched from the Word of God but uh, sometimes to see how the Word of God is misused and, and how the Word of God is, is, is misused by quote-unquote Christian people, uh, it, it bothers me a whole lot. And uh, I just pray that the Lord will see fit to help me through this today. I'm going to preach today, if you will turn to John, the 17th chapter. Uh, I'm going to preach on, uh, let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. I'm only going to read five verses, and then when you sit down, I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. While you're standing, I'm only going to read five verses of of chapter 17 of John. John 17. 
As most of you know, you should know by now, that this is Jesus' real prayer. You know, the one that uh, some people call uh, Jesus' prayer is not Jesus' prayer. That's Jesus' instructions on praying. But this is actually Jesus' prayer. Here's what he says. He says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. That's an important statement right there. You'll understand who he's referring to here. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gavest me to do. And now, O O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before, before the world was. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this prayer that uh, that Jesus prayed. Lord, it, it teaches us so much. It teaches us so much about what the Bible teaches and, and how what Jesus, the, the one that we're supposed to follow, it teaches us how we are to follow him and, and, and do as he does. And Lord, I'm thankful for this. And I pray, Lord, that uh, uh, you'll humble me down as I preach on this subject here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll bless us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. I'm going to continue to read beginning in verse 6 says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now, these these are important statements. Every, Every statement in here is important. And he says, he says, thou hast given me out of the world Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. No, they have, I'm sorry, now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. Now here's an important verse. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and they and, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While as I was with thee in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the... Scripture might be fulfilled. Talking about Judas there. And now come I to thee, 
And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Another important statement. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Now, you know, we pray a lot that the Lord would take us out of this world soon, but he's going to leave us in this world because he has, he has work that we need to do that some aren't doing. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. And thou hast sent me into the world, and even so have I also sent them into the world. For their sakes I, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which should believe on me through their word, that is their testimony, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me, as thou hast loved, as thou, loved them, as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I, I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I, am, and, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now, I know uh, I have trouble with my eyes. I'll let you know that. And uh, but I thank the Lord that uh, that this red letter is worse than any of it in the scriptures. Me reading. But I, I would challenge you, you out there live streaming too, if you're able to hear me today, I would challenge you to read this over and over and over and over. And study it over and over and over and over. Because this is just the very opposite of what people think religion is today. Just the very opposite of it. I'm telling you folks, I see these things and, and just as soon as I see them, I realize there's something wrong with them. There's something wrong with these things I'm seeing and I'm hearing. And, and, and I, I pray that if you'll read this, you will, you will better understand the whole scripture if you just read this and study this. Because Christ speaks of the whole of everything to do with scripture in here. He speaks of the whole of it. That, that is, what, what does the scripture mean from Genesis to Revelation? He speaks about that here. What, 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 
what is the world to us? He speaks about that here. What are we to the world? He speaks of that here. And we, we've got to understand that, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a more pleasing thing to, to be pleasing as far as the world is concerned and not be as pleased as God is concerned, as far as what God uh, expects of us as his children. You know, we, we are to reverence him. We are to fear him. We are to watch out after him. After, after ourselves and, and we're to be vigilant and we're to be sober and we're to do all of these things. We're, we're to realize that God left us here and he left us here for a purpose and he's still leaving us here. You know, I, I was saved 53 going on 54 years ago now. I was saved and God saved me for that one purpose and that's one of the things that I learned this week, really learned this week, because God saved me for the purpose of serving Him and worshiping Him. And I, I often wonder sometimes, and, and all preachers have done this, I often wonder sometimes, why did the Lord, why does the Lord still use me? Well, why, why does the Lord still want me to preach? Why does the Lord still show me things in the Word of God and show me things in the world that, that, uh, you know, some, somebody said, if you want to get the greatest message ever was, you know, learn what's in the world. Learn what's out there. Learn what's going on out there. And, uh, I'm going to use this again. I've used it several times over the years. But, uh, and, and I don't, I don't agree with a lot of things that, that Luther taught. But I, there's one thing that they taught about Luther. That, that I do agree with. When he was on his deathbed, one of the monks went over to him and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Brother Luther said, you know the world hates you. And he opened his eyes and he looked at the monk and he said, well, you know, I hate the world too. And I agree with that. I agree with that, you know, but we don't, we, we don't have any world haters nowadays. We got world lovers. We got people who love the world more than they love the Lord, or they'd be in the house of God today. I'm serious about that, folks. If you love the Lord more than you love the world, you'd be in the house of God today. You wouldn't be coming up with things to keep you out of the house of God. You wouldn't be doing those things if, if, if you love the Lord more than you love the world. You, you would find a reason to serve God rather than to serve the world. Now, Baxter, the, uh, an author, writes in his book, his book is called Saints Rest. He states concerning this prayer, and this is what he says. He says, it is of more value than all the other books in the world. This one prayer, that's how Baxter saw it. Now, Baxter was a was an old Puritan preacher back, and he also wrote several books. Old Puritan preacher back in the late 1700s and, and early 1800s. And, and this is what he says about this 17th chapter of the book of John. What I just read to you, he says, it, it is more, it is of more value than all the other books in the world. So why shouldn't we study this book? Why shouldn't we be studying this book? 
I've seen people make statements on this book that was just completely out of context of what this book, what this prayer is teaching. I'm talking about this prayer here. I've heard, I've heard people make statements that's just totally out of the context. You know, I heard, I saw where somebody made a statement on, you know, that, well, Jesus prayed and he prayed because he loves the whole world. That's just not true. I don't know who's listening to these things and who's picking up on these things, but that's just not true. It's not true that Jesus loved the world. Jesus did not love the world. As a matter of fact, he says here he didn't love the world. And so certainly it's important that we see these things. If we are to see and understand this prayer, then the veil over the heart must be removed. You know, you say, well, I'll study it, but you, you can't study it with your heart veiled. The world will veil your heart. The world will take you over, and the world will, world will put a veil between you and God. And you've got to see this. You've got to understand this. I, I'm afraid people don't understand this, and they don't see this as they should. Only God can remove that veil. You can't remove that veil that the world puts over your your eyes. You know, I know I've hear, heard a lot of people say, well, so-and-so told me this. It don't matter what you say, so-and-so told me this. Have you ever looked to see if so-and-so knows what they're talking about? Have, have you ever looked to see that if someone, if they really know what they're talking about when they tell you something? Well, I tell you, folks, you better you better be listening. This is not a prayer for the world, as some have stated. Jesus himself said, and I've already read it to you, I pray not for the world. I pray not for the world. I'm only praying for those that God gave me, and he gave them him before the foundation of the world. He said, I pray not for the world. I see I see in this prayer that Jesus is praying for me, that Jesus is praying right now that Jesus is praying for me as an intercessor. He's praying for me in this prayer right here. This prayer is as real as anything. This prayer is as real as any prayer you've ever prayed. This prayer is as real as any prayer anyone's ever prayed. I know there have been some wonderful prayers prayed. I've, I've had some here that have prayed some wonderful prayers. And they do pray wonderful prayers. But there's no prayer any greater than what I just read to you. This is God, this is Jesus praying to his Father for you and me. Or you and me, I'll get the other way around. You and me. This, this statement alone, and listen to this now, you got to listen to all this message or you're going to get lost. This statement alone makes John 3 verse 16 understandable concerning the world how, how can Jesus how can John 3:16 say for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and then Jesus pray I don't pray for the world I don't love the world so there's got to be something different there and I'll say this again and I'll say it many many times as long as the Lord lets me stand up here, as long as the Lord gives me strength to preach, I'll say this. If you find contradictions in the Bible, you're not studying the Bible correctly. 
you're not studying the Bible at all. Because I want to tell you, folks, there are no contradictions in the Word of God. There's an explanation for everything that is written in there. There's an explanation for for everything that's written in there. So you will understand what Jesus meant when he said, for God so loved the world, you'll understand it much clearer if you just read this chapter here. If you just read this verse here in this chapter 17. I mean, read this whole, read what Jesus prayed here. You'll understand what the world means to him. World doesn't mean to him that he loved the whole world because he didn't. You have to understand what he's referring to there. There, there is a Greek there called the, the, the Pumata, and, and, and the, not the Pumata, but the, I can't remember what the Greek word is there. But there's a Greek word there which talks about not, not the quantity, but the quality of the world. When, when, that, when that, that is used there in John 3.16, not the quantity of the world. You know, somebody says we love the whole world. That's not what this is talking about. Not the quantity of the world, but the quality of the world. What is the quality of the world as far as Jesus is concerned? Those he were praying for here. That's the quality of the world. God doesn't work with lost people. He doesn't work in and through lost people. As a matter of fact, he won't even hear a lost man when he prays. Now listen, folks, this is important. I hope this message is going out over live streaming because I want to tell you, folks, he is praying exactly for one world, and that's his world, which is the world of the elect. That's the only world God works through. He doesn't work through. Some of you saying, well, I've got kin folks out there that don't know the first thing about what they're talking about. He's not praying for that type of world. He's praying for the world of the elect. <clears throat> Makes it much clearer. Jesus warned all the world when he was on the tree of Calvary. Here's what he said to the world. Here's what he said to the world. Now listen to this. Rhonda's got me looking over this way. She said, I always look this way. She don't realize that that's my strongest side. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll look this way so y'all can see my worst side. But anyway, at, at, at any rate, oh, don't throw your hand up, Jim. <laughs> Both sides are worse as far as you're concerned, huh? But anyway, anyway, this is uh, this is something that, we need to understand Jesus was speaking to the world when he said this. He was on the tree of Calvary and he said, and take heed to yourselves. He said, take heed. All those people, I don't know how many people, some day they, they, they was possibly millions, was gathered on Golgotha's hill and around Golgotha's hill when Jesus was crucified. I don't know how many was there, but Jesus spoke from the tree of Calvary. He said, take heed to yourselves. He was speaking to those who hanged him on the tree. In other words, he was warning them that someday he would return to judge every one of them. Take heed about what you did. 
Take heed about the votes you took. Take heed about everything. And I'm telling you today, take heed about some of the things you're doing. Because it's not going to work. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go on. I, I pray, I pray to God. I've got two little great grand, two more little great grandchildren coming. And I pray to God, God will let me live long enough to see those two little great grandkids. But I want to tell you folks, I don't know how much longer I've got. But I'm going to tell you, take heed, as Jesus says, to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves. He was warning them that someday he would return and judge every one of them. He's going to die. He's going to be buried. And he's going to resurrect on the third day. He's going to stand in judgment someday to judge every one of them that hanged him on that tree. All those that voted, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus. Give us this one. Take, give us this, crucify Jesus. Get rid of him. He's a menace to society. And he said, you take heed to yourselves. There's even one time that he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. How many people had a hand in Jesus being crucified? Well, I know one did, me. I had a hand in it. When Jesus said, take heed there, he was talking to me because I hadn't even been born yet. When Jesus said, take heed there, he was talking to you because you hadn't even been born yet. He was telling everybody to take heed to it. Well, let me tell you, folks, it was my sins. And if you're saved today, it was your sins that made that sent him up there to that tree. So we, we're just as guilty as that crowd, that crowd was that day. I, I know I've heard people say, told me over the years, they'll say, they'll say, well, you know, if I'd have, if I'd have been there, you would have been the same as you are right now. You wouldn't have been any different. And in, in, and in this prayer of Christ, he just about says that same thing. Lord, leave them here and take care of them. Because they, they've got, they still got a work to do. Leave them here and take care of them. <clears throat> we may not like to be judged in this life. We, we may hate it. We may not like to be judged in this life, but it is necessary for judgment is coming soon. It is necessary for we to be, us to be judged because judgment is coming soon. Real judgment is coming soon. You know, if, if someone, if someone, if, if a pastor can't correct his people, then they're going to be terrible when judgment comes because they're not going to know what it's like. They're not going to know what it's like. We may not like to be judged in this life, but it's necessary for judgment is coming soon. I would rather be judged today, which makes me ready for the big final judgment. I don't mind it when somebody comes to me and says, Brother Paul, you made a mistake today. I don't mind it. You know, folks, I prayed my heart out that I'll quit making those mistakes. 
I've even told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you leave me here to preach, clear my mind up. I'm not going to be like Joe Biden, get there and say, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't even understand myself sometimes. But I pray that God will see fit to show us these things. He spoke, he spoke of special instructions concerning his own. He spoke of special instructions concerning his own. He says, Holy Father, keep them in thine own name which thou hast given me. Stay in the name of the Lord in your life and what you're doing. I know Kara wrote a devotion here. I think it was Friday maybe, maybe yesterday. Kara wrote a devotion where she talked about walking close to Jesus. And I thought, well, surely she's going to use what her pastor said. Her pastor said if, his, if your toes is not touching his heels, you're not, you're, you're not as close as you should be. Let me tell you something, folks. That's how you walk. You might judge somebody for making statements like that, but, but I'm telling you folks, this is how your walk should be. Your walk should be where your toes touch his heels. Every day, every second, every minute of your life. Some people say, well, I have to work. Well, I work too, but I'm going to tell you folks, whenever work got kind of tough on me, I headed for a restroom somewhere so I could sit down and pray. I did it many times. I worked on these big, large systems. I worked on a system down at Georgia Power that there's three rooms as large as this one. Every, 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 all of it was one system. And I go in there, and they give me a page full of, of binary uh, uh, things. And I had to go in there, and I had to figure out where the problem was. Was it on the first floor? Was it on the second floor? Or was it on the third floor? And I had to sit down at one time and figure that stuff out myself. Praise God, before I left, they came up with a computer that would, that would do those things for us. Let, let me tell you, folks, God is big. He's big. He's good, and he's big. And, and listen, folks, if you want to be kept in this world, you need to be kept in his name. Because Jesus prayed for you for that very reason. That indicates, this indicates that he was speaking of only those who were his own. His own were kept in his own name. They were to be kept in the name which Christ had manifested to them. Who did Jesus manifest? Verse 6, he says there, I have manifested thy name. Unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. They have kept thy word. Solomon said, listen to this. You think Solomon wasn't wise? You think Solomon wasn't used of the Lord? I, I know you'll say, well, he had... 700 concubines and 300 wives. That's just crazy. That shows you more of a man that is a little crazy about the world. 
But yet God used Solomon. Here's what Solomon said. He said, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are saved. Who are the righteous? They're the saved. You are the righteous. You're the saved. Yes, to the amazement of some, there are righteous people in the world. They have been saved and dwell in the Lord. Concerning the laws, there are no righteous. There are no righteous concerning the laws. He spoke of what will make them happy. What will make you and me happy? I've seen some sad faces. I've, I've heard some things. I've seen things stated on Facebook that people are unhappy. Let me tell you, folks, the COVID-19 will not make you happy. These, what people are doing in the world out there, and especially in, in, in uh, Seattle, that's just pure stupid. I saw this morning where truck drivers are refusing to go to those places. How's these people going to get what they need as long as that exists? They had a truck driver on there today, and he owned he owned a trucking company, a large trucking company. He drove he drove himself, and and he they asked him. They said, "What cities don't you all go to anymore?" He said, "We'll go to the outskirts of any city, outskirts only of any city that is a sanctuary city." This man owned a big trucking company, big trucking company. They asked him, they said, uh, are all your drivers armed to take care of themselves? He said, I can't say yes to that. But he said, I can tell you this, they can take care of themselves. Let me tell you, let me tell you folks. This terrible world we live in. Why do you want to try to survive in it? Why do you want to try to survive in it? He spake. Why, why, why do you want to be unhappy about it? You know, we're in the world of the elect. We should be happy people. We shouldn't be this sad. We shouldn't, we shouldn't let people break apart. We should love one another. We should always love one another. There is nothing that anyone has done in this church that caused me to love them any less. Nothing. Nothing. I get some I get some words sometimes of people. It just breaks my heart. Why? Because I love those people. I love them. And you should love them too. You should love them too. Being in the Holy Spirit himself, he could give them the same joy. Well, let me go back. He spake of which of the things that will make them happy. He said, and now come I unto thee, these things I speak in the world, 
that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. Well, you ought to be happy people. You ought to be happy people. I sit at home sometimes and I'll shout, hey, men, hallelujah, or let me throw something at this screen or something like that. And Rhonda will say, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm happy. She said, you sure don't sound happy. I said, I am happy because I know the Lord and he knows me. That's why I'm happy. That's why I'll be happy. I'm going to what comes to this world. I'll be happy. Being in the Holy Spirit himself, we know that he could give them the same joy. Jesus never asked us to put on a happy face if we're not happy in our hearts. He never asked us to do that. You know, what we look like and don't matter don't amount to heal of beans. I've had people tell me, you know, you need to look happy sometimes. I am happy, but it's down in my heart. It's not necessarily on his face. Yeah, I get sad sometimes on his face because I see things that are going on that makes me sad in this face. Don't be a hypocrite about your spiritual happiness. If you're not happy in the Lord, then you may need to be saved. Here's what John says about it in 1 John. It's the only scripture you'll have to turn to today. In 1 John, in the first chapter of 1 John, here's what John said about it. 1 John 1 and verse 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy might be full. You just got to study your scripture more. You've got to get out of this. You've got to get out of this old, you know, I, I, guess, I guess I could say this old stuff that where where we just take one, one or two scriptures and we base our, all of our religion on one or two scriptures. Legalism. That's legalism. When we base what we believe on one or two scriptures about something, that's legalism. You know, we had an encounter with that not too long ago. He spake, of, and lastly, he spake of them from the evil darts. He, he spake of keeping them from the evil darts of the devil. Here's what he says. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Ooh, some people just can't stay away from the evil. They just can't stay away from it. They can't stay away from it very long. They can't stay away from the evil. They've got to have a little bit of evil in their life. They're not happy. Let me tell you, Brother Sam, a pint of cheap Kentucky whiskey will make you happy. I know because I drank some of it. A pint of that wonderful moonshine from Oscar Head up in Dog, Kentucky, D-O-G-G, Kentucky, that'll make you happy. It'll also kill you, too. Drank too much of it. 
That's not what we do. We don't go somewhere else to be happy. If we can't be happy in the Lord in ourselves, then we're not, we don't belong to Him. We're going to have to fight the evil a little longer because He says, I'm not going to take them. He didn't pray, Lord, take them out of the world. He said, leave them there. So we're going to have to fight the evil a little longer. Many dangers lie in wait in the world for the children of the Lord. This is what I have warned you against for letting your children go out into the world and do as they please. I warned against that. I warned against that so much. I warned against it. I still warned against it so much. The devil is waiting on each one of each one of us. He's just waiting on us. He's out there ready to get his hands. He, he's here right today. He's ready to get his hands on somebody here. That's what he wants to do. He's ready to get his hands. And that's the reason we warn you of these things. You will lose them. You will lose them to the, to the evil. Christ spoke in a model prayer of which our children learned at an early age. This is the model prayer, not, not, not the Lord's prayer. He said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 6.13. Matthew 6.13. We parents and our children have no other choice but to follow him. All the days of our lives. We have no other choice. You'll say, well, I, got, I can choose what I want to know. You can't. You have no other choice. You've got to follow him. Like I said earlier, if your toes aren't raking on his heels, then you're not following close enough. You say, I don't want to get that close to Jesus. Well, it shows. It shows. I don't want to get that close to the Lord because as one man told me one time, he said, what would I do if I walked that close to the Lord? He said, I wouldn't get to do anything. He said, I like to go out every now and then and party. He said, I like to curse every now and then. As Brother Kendall said, one preacher told them, that if you want to curse, go ahead and curse. That's some preacher not don't know what he's talking about. What am I going to do? If I follow the Lord that close, I'm going to quit this message now, and I'm going to pick up the rest of it next week. We got more, but I'm going to pick up the rest of it next week. All right, let's all stand, and we're going to come down front.